This is my fucking dream, y'all. All this shit. Look at my shit. I got, I got shorts, every fucking color. I got designer t-shirts. And my name is Ian Loring, and this week, as always, I am joined by my fine feathered friend. And Mark Foster. Yes, indeed. And on this week's show, we are going to be looking at all of James Franco's shit. <laughs> looking at all his shit. Uh, as we take on Harmony Corinne's Spring Breakers, the uh, already infamous Spring Breakers. Uh, we'll also be tackling our one old, one new, and uh, answering questions and whatnot, and also getting into the last part of our Sleazy Stone Marathon before the little bonus next week, as we take a look at his latest film, uh, the sprawling drug epic with three way relationships all up in its grill savages uh, as always you can contact us on dudeandamonkey at gmail.com at dudeandamonkey at dudefoz and at ianboring on twitter uh, iTunes reviews always appreciated and whatnot. but aside from that anything else Mark or shall we get into the warm up before spring breakers let's get into this Shiat. Okay, let's get into this Shiat. As I asked Mark, what trailers have you been watching this week? Um, I caught the uh, new Carrie trailer, um, and uh, everybody seems to be saying, oh, well, it gives away too much. Um, it's a remake of a film I think most people have seen. <laughs> um, of a book that's nearly 40 years old. Um, I don't see how it could be really you know, give away that much. Um, at points it looks shot for shot remake, uh, but then again, is that just the point they're putting in the trailer? Uh, very interested by it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'll hold my hands up and say that I'm not a massive fan of the original character. Uh, it, it just doesn't get me like it gets to the people for some reason. Um, but I'm perfectly on board this, Judah Moore. Uh, you know, I think she's perfect for all. Uh, Frodo Smith usually is pretty good in stuff, so. I'm all for it. Um, I caught the trailers for Scary Movie 5 and Haunted House, I think it's called. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, before Spring Breakers, um, and they look um, thoroughly repugnant. Um, I have no idea who the fuck goes to see these movies and why the fuck they go to see them. Um, the new sort of short red band trailer for um, 
Ollie God forgives. Um, nice. Looks beautiful and um, wonderful. Um, Ryan Gosling saying, want to fight? Uh, at the end, made me think, I, I would fight you, but to be honest, I'd just be trying to grab your balls. Uh-huh. Uh, it looks, that, that looks like it could be, you know, special. And if it's, if it's half as good as Drive, then fucking, you know, I, I'm, I'm well on board. Um, what else has been, uh, the new red band for This Is The End. Um, I like the look of that. Um, still like the look of it. I think it's very much based around whether or not you can get the, you're on board with the alter egos of the stars, I suppose. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'm up for seeing Danny McBride basically spend an hour and a half um, just taking the piss out of people, which is what it appears like it's going to be. Um, and also, as well, um, my trailer highlight of the um, week was uh, they finally did the trailer um, for Grown Ups 2. Mm. Uh, did you watch it? Have you watched the trailer? Of course you, you, I didn't. Right, I, I am not joking. What I was going to do, when, and this is, listeners, this is what I was going to do. I was planning on basically doing everything within my power to force Ian to watch Grown Ups 2, the show. No! I then watched a 90 second trailer for Grown Ups 2 and thought, I, it, it, even as a joke, even, even because in my mind I knew that if it was possible to do it, it would wind Ian up to such an extent that it would just be pure gold. Even I can't put myself through that. I am not joking. It is, it is horrible. It it looks so shit that you get the idea that Rob Schneider's read the script and gone, no, sorry, no. Even I can't be in something this bad. It's, oh, it is fucking, it is, it is brutally bad, and that is supposed to get people to try and watch it. And the horrible thing is, is people will watch it. There's a point in the trailer where they're in a house, because the, the, the idea is that they enjoy being out in the country so much that they move back to where they, you know, where he used to live. And it's about them adjusting to this big move, right? That's the idea. There's a point where Adam Sandler um, and Salma Hayek wake up and there's a yak in their bedroom. Right, with the big fucking yak antler things and everything like that, and all I was thinking was, how's that yak got into the house, up the stairs, and into that room with those on its head? It couldn't have done it without waking everybody up. And then I was thinking, that is that is that that little thought there is more thought than the writers of this film and the makers of this film had. In the entire making of both of these films, I would believe it looked that. fucking awful. Um, other than that, um, the Two Guns trailer um, looks like it could be quite an amusing um, comedy action film with Mark Wahlberg and Denzel Washington, and I'm all for it. Other than that, not a lot. Anything you've got? I've, you've actually hit them all, to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, the red band for this is the end. I. I'm a little worried that it's going to be all famous actor, like, doing a parody of themselves and nothing else. But we'll see. It's yeah. it, I like Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. I just, I wasn't too smitten with the trailer, if I'm honest. It, it, my, my worry is that, um, that it's one of those things where it's funny when it's, 
the main ones just in Franco's room that they were supposed to be in for like the bulk of it. My worry is that it's fully there, but then once they move out of that, it it it, it starts to lose its shit. But I'm I'm willing to give it a go. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, no, I'll, I, I'm looking I, forward I to it. it. It just like Hermione stole all our shit. I. I don't know, it just, it seems like something that's designed for a very easy laugh, but hey, it's a trailer, that's kind of what they're supposed to do. Um, yeah, uh, Only God Forgives, I really liked it. Carrie, it is what it is. Um, mm. Horror movie trailers are super generic in their construction. They're just, you know, all kind of like slow, ominous stuff, maybe, and, with like a... It's noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you see letters appearing on screen. Yeah. I like the, yeah. the the only horror trailer that's really impressed me lately has been the Evil Dead, uh, the the Red Band and the the normal Evil Dead remake trailers. Like I like this, like the fact that it just goes start and it's her, like saying there's something out there and I think I, I think it's in here with us and we have to get out, you know. And then it kind of does a little bit of backstory. And then just the way that like the um it's like the soundtrack it's kind of go it, it sounds like a like I don't know some sort of like instrument kind of ramping up speed or something and mm. uh, like the the way it kind of like it does these cuts where it goes like boom boom ah boom boom ah, you know I I kind I I like that there's some effort been put into it whereas Carrie uh, yeah I mean you know in terms of is it spoilery it's only going to be spoilery if you've already seen the original film. And if you, you know, it, it's a bit of a catch-22. Like, it's going to be spoilery if you've seen the original film. But if you've seen the original film, you know what happens anyway. Yeah. Like, like if, if it was like someone who had never seen Carrie before, didn't know what it was, I don't know how those shots spoil the film. No, because there's no, there's no, there's no pig's blood landing, is there? <laughs> Let's be honest. Well, I mean, yeah, like, yeah, you see it kind of splashing and whatnot, but it's like, if you'd never seen Carrie, it would just be like, all right, this girl's getting some stuff tips all over her. You, yeah. you don't know it. That's that's the climactic moment where she loses her shit. Mm. You know, so it, it's I, I I don't know, just whatever. I, I'm very very whatever on the Carrie remake. Anyway, it's it's oh, a, yeah, it, I'm not. you know it's a film I don't hold particularly close to my chest. I'm I'm intrigued to see what Chloe Moretz can do, but Sissy Spacek is kind of almost like she was born just to be in Carrie. Yeah, uh, yeah, or just to be Carrie. So even though you know Badlands, obviously, but I, I yeah, mm. um, uh, I don't know. I, 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 that's that's about it this week, to be honest. You know, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's but there's got a lot of a lot a lot come out really this week. Was there? There wasn't any big trailer releases or anything. Um, no, I mean, this is the end was probably like the the big the one biggest, for me yeah. personally. You know, and it just it it was what it was. We'll we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but right, okay. Um, so let's get into it then. Let's have a uh, clip from uh, uh, from the film we're about to talk about. Uh, this is going to be quite something. Harmony Corinne's Spring Breakers. Come on, y'all. Why act suspicious? Get in. Where are we going? Go wherever you all want. Cotty. Got the right idea. Come on. I'll be your chauffeur. Give me a chauffeur. Yeah, y'all can play Beyonce.
Y'all ever been arrested before? No. Never? No. Shoplifting, shit like that? Steal bras? <laughs> Is he scared? No. No? Mmm. Tough bitches up in here. <laughs> Bunch of tough fucking criminals up in here. And you went to a party, you got crazy? Did you get crazy? Come on, spring break, you get crazy. Smoke some weed. Cocaine. A little cocaine. Cocaine. Shit. See some bitches all up on each other? Yeah. Yeah? What do you think about that? You liked it? <laughs> Y'all ever do that to each other? Best friends. I know you're in college experimenting. Time to experiment. Okay, so uh, that was a clip from Harmony Corinne's Spring Breakers, the uh, indie author who somehow now has a US top 10 hit. Uh, it's, it's Spring Breakers. It stars James Franco, Selena Gomez, uh, Vanessa Hudgens, Ashley Benson and Rachel Corinne. And um, Mark, what did you think of Spring Breakers? Um, I, I thought Spring Breakers is a... A tremendously marketed movie um, to make uh, money. They've used the idea of um, young sort of jailbait ex-Disney uh, in the case of uh, Vanessa Hudgens and Selena Gomez and Ashley Benson, although was never to the same level as Vanessa Hudgens and Selena Gomez as a Disney star. She did um, appear in, in a few Disney shows. Uh, they've used that to get uh, bums on seats and to generate all this this buzz for what essentially isn't the film that they're trying to pretend it is. Um, Spring Breakers is uh, points um, one of the uh, most frustrating movies I've watched in a long time. Um, Spring Breakers is at points one of the most frustrating movies I've watched in a long time. Spring Breakers is at points one of the most frustrating movies I've watched in a long time because they keep doing that. And the reason why it's frustrating is because peppered in every so often is some of the most wonderful and beautiful scenes of just craziness but controlled by a director who you think has zero control over what's going on. He might have done this through sheer genius or just pure accident. Personally, I think he did it through one thing, and it's called Franco, because this film is interesting, and it's got your attention, but it is starting to wane, and then a garage door opens, and sat next to a Chevy Camaro is this thing that James Franco has created, this fucking alien called Alien, who claims to be from another world, and just for the next, what, 40 minutes or so, becomes one of the most charismatic creations we've seen in cinema in a long time, and leads us to, quite simply, I think, one of the most beautiful sequences in cinema I've seen in in years in the in terms of the Britney Spears thing. Um it, it at point Spring Breakers is dull, repetitive, frustrating, and then at other points it is quite magnificent. Um 
it is the sort of film where I think I'm going to have to watch it another two or three times to fully form my opinion. But as it stands, I think this is so far for me the first exceptional film I've seen this year, and I can see why it'll be quite divisive. What did you think? So sorry, when you say exceptional, but at the same time also boring and frustrating. At points, yeah, and I, I think I think the reason why it, it is frustrating at points is because at points it is so good that you are going. Do you know what? I, I want you to get to the next fucking great. I want you to get to more of that. But I think that the the points where it is good are so good that it, it outweighs the points where it kind of dips. I don't think it could have been at that level throughout the entire movie. I think it ha- it has to dip down a little bit every so often. And I think that on a, the next watch, I don't think those moments will frustrate... I think boring was a harsh word to use, maybe. Um, I don't think that the points where it, 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 it slows itself down will frustrate me as much on the next viewing. Uh, because I think that I was just wanting just to see what was happening too quickly. I think the that it wasn't the film's problems; it was my problems watching. Yeah, I I, I think I, yeah, I can see where you're coming from there. I mean, the, the, the thing is with Spring Breakers. I mean, I'll, I'll put my cards on the table. I I, I loved it. I, I I think Spring Breakers is fantastic. Um, but it is fair to say that. Yeah, because of all the stuff you've heard going in about James Franco and about the craziness involving his character, you are kind of waiting for him to turn up. And yeah. the first 45 minutes or so is an awful lot of the same thing again and again and again. Uh, but like, and like, that's actually, I mean, that's intentional. There's like audio cues that are repeated and repeated and repeated. Mm. But it, it is to give this feeling of spring break being an otherworldly kind of like experience, which is all surface stuff. Just it's all drinking and tips and just people, you know, 18 year old Americans being 18 year old Americans. Mm. Um, and and that the the, the kind of the, the the kind of the, the I mean the montage and in in kind of audio and visual form is a big thing with uh, with Corinne anyway and uh, like messing with the visuals is a huge thing with him and that's what he's doing in in the first forty five minutes even though uh, and and but that's not to say I didn't I I didn't have a good time watching it it set the mood exceptionally well I felt incredibly dirty. Uh, you know, like yeah. I wanted to take a shower in bleach in like the first 10 minutes. But that is the point of the thing. And mm. it's setting the stage for James Franco's characters to come in. But what you also have at the start is a great continuous shot. The robbery, oh, the car driving around yeah. the uh, the diner is amazing. That shot, yeah. it, like the progression of the robbery, is fantastic. Mm. So, I mean, you, you've got that, but then, like, once the spring break stuff kicks in, it's, you know, it is just like basically twenty minutes of people partying, uh, like w- every now and then with one of the girls on the phone saying, "I'm having such a good time," you know, I've met a lot of really special people, and it's like yeah. that, and then there'll be the image of a girl just peeing in the street. It, 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 it's I love 
how cynical the, the 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 film is, but at the same time, how much it wants to entertain you. It is. It it it's it, it, it's a it's. Because it's not a, ce- I, I, I don't think it's a celebration of look at Spring Break and look at the, you know, the amazingness. Well, I think oh, it's God, very no. much, it's very much a, it's very much saying, look, look at this fucking ridiculous stuff that we allow these kids to get away with, and we just kind of go, oh, well, it's Spring Break. Yeah. Whilst at the same time going, going, yeah, but it does look like fun, doesn't it? Let's be honest, it, you know. As ridiculous as it is, and as as bad as it is, and as debauched as it is, it does look like you know a lot of fun at points. You know, you are looking at it going, do you know what? I, I I I'm gonna say it. I want my bit of that pie because that looks pretty fucking cool. And then you go, then it flashes a bit, and you go, that's taking it a bit too far though. And then it, it, it it's it's kind of it, it doesn't celebrate or revel in the ridiculousness of spring break it just shows just shows it it's not having an opinion on it, uh, it, it oh. i mean it, it's just it it's kind of showing what the mood is like and both the euphoria and the people pissing in the street and throwing up all over the place yeah um and like i say this it, you need that first sort of 40 odd minutes um to make the next 40 odd minutes make sense. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, like the, the, the continuous shot was was wonderful. And also, as well, it gives you an idea to get to know the dynamic of these girls, you know, because if you just, if you don't have that and if you throw in what's going to happen, you know, what happens later on with the Franco thing, you've not had the development of these personalities to, to know right that's what that one's like and that's what those two are like and then this one's kind of in the middle of that and you, you know you get that in the first 40 minutes and plus you are and the way like you say the way it's been marketed you are kind of sat there going right frank where's franco where's franco and then when it happens and you know right here he comes and then it just doesn't disappoint at all with the franco with Franco's-ness. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that, 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 that's the thing. I mean, and, I, I, mean I, I thought he was absolutely fucking hilarious. He but was brilliant. It, he's incredible. The, the, the great moment where, this is, where he's in a room at one point and he's basically saying, look at my... And it's like they've said... Like they've, like, it's like the first time he's been in the room, James Franco's been in the room, and they've gone, this is Alien's room. And he's gone, oh my God. And then he's got, they've gone, right, we're going to film you with the girls. And he's just decided to start listing yeah. what he's got. Because even he seems surprised at some of the stuff he's got. He's just going, look at my, look at my lamp. Look at my nunchucks. Look yeah. at my, and he's just doing, and it, but the thing is, is that goes on for a good five minutes. And it's brilliant. Look it, at my, my, my favourite one, I think was the different coloured shorts. <laughs> I got all that. I got different. Yeah, I got different colours. I got all these shorts. Yeah, it's it, it's it's wonderful and dirty, and it's it, it more is. This isn't. There's not a linear story really to this, is there at all? Well, I mean, it, it's it's girls like some uh, girls who are already rather corrupted getting more corrupted well two of them anyway and two of them deciding nah this isn't for me and, and that's that's basically it but there's it what it is, is it, it's a collection almost um of like strange kind of set pieces and montages ah. 
um, that all kind of that loop round each other, and but but they manage to they manage to really work well. Uh, you know, the girls are very you know none of them are fucking show stealers at all. Um, but you know, Rachel Corinne can sometimes be a little bit um, in some of her other films. Because sometimes be a little bit like, yeah, if you weren't who you were, you wouldn't be anywhere near this. But she's actually quite good in this. I thought she was fine in this. I mean, yeah, it, it, it is it is a bit of nepotism, in fairness. But she, oh, yeah. she doesn't stand out as much as my my immediate comparison is Kevin Smith's wife and Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Oh yeah, yeah. As the as the what are you doing? There? Yeah, as the <laughs> well, the, the okay, she's not nearly as attractive as the other girls and she's only got a couple of lines who's this yeah yeah oh it's his wife all right um but yeah it's a little bit like that um selena gomez plays the plays her role very well um you know she's very believable as that um the way that it's built up that you think she's going to be a lot more key than she is and then and obviously we're all spoilers all the time so you know if you don't want to hear what happens click off now and join it later, join the show later on but yeah and then all of a sudden she just disappears and that's it she doesn't come back I thought that worked quite well it very much did say right you know she's gone um, Ashley Benson I thought was the strongest of the girls because I thought that at points for me uh, Vanessa Hudgens um, tried a little bit too hard to be um, the bad girl yeah and it was a little bit like all right, we get it. We've, you know, we've all seen the pictures on the internet. You're not a Disney princess. Yeah, yeah. Please stop pulling that weird face. It's not sexy. Um, and that was, but let's be honest. This is this is Franco and Harmony Corinne's movie. That's it. Everything else is just. It, it, it is there to fuel that fire. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And I mean, like going, going back to Franco, I mean, it, it does, like you said, like they just put him in a room and just said, like, just go. That basically feels like his entire performance for me. Like every single, like there's, when he's like talking, talking to Selena Gomez earlier on, there, well, there's a shot where they're all in the car and he's just looking at her that, and kind yeah. of shaking his head. And it is amazing. And I, it just feels like, Franco was driving along with them and he just thought he'd try and weird her out. Yeah. And that's and the, the thing is Gomez, because she looks quite young and she looks quite innocent and she plays it like that, it, you do just you do just think it looks like she's getting really, really creeped out just by James Franco yeah, as much as anything else. It's it, it just staring. Yeah. It's it, it it is fantastic. I mean, like it, it's the kind of role where genuinely like if the Oscars did actually recognise like the actual best performances of the year, he'd be a shoe in for a nomination. Oh, because, without without question, because he is ju- he is just this guy. You don't for one second think, oh, that's James Franco with cornrows. It's no, just it, it, it's a creation. Yeah, it's it's Alien. I mean, I I would yeah. watch a spin off film of Alien. Oh, without- so fucking hard. Yeah, I, 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 I fucking really would, and I, part of me would love to watch it, but the other part of me thinks, please don't ever make it. Oh, they, they, they won't. They won't. No, they, they absolutely won't, because because James Franco and Harmony Corinne are very much two of those guys who they work off their own script. They, they are absolutely doing things their own way. Yeah. Um, 
Franco's very much made that decision post-Spider-Man um, to do it that way, to do what he wants to do. If he wants to do something mainstream, he'll go off and do it, but it's usually with his mates. And, you know, this is the stuff, this and Broken Tower and stuff like that, and how and the stuff that he kind of, that he wants to go and get lost in. Yeah, I, yeah, no, quite. I, I just, I, yeah, absolutely. I, he, he just, he, he is incredible. And, like, even, like, the ending of his character made me howl with laughter. The fact that it's all being built up. This whole, yeah. we're going to get our revenge, we're going to get this guy. And he's just striding along with these girls in the bikinis and the balaclavas. And then, bang! And he just gets shot in the head and he's down. And, and, and that's it. You know, and the yeah. girls basically just kind of walk past him and then do their own thing. It, it just, I, I love that. I love that all the, all the prancing around, all the kind of like showing his fucking feathers and the look good old my shit. You know, look good old my shit. Oh, it's, oh, mind blowing. Um, and, and, it, it, and he's just gone and that's it. He's just like, he's not important. Like in the end of the day, a bullet kills him like it would kill anyone else. He's gone. Yeah, it, it, it absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Whoever, what I will say is, whether or not it was a vision, whoever had the idea, whether or not it was an idea that was always going to be in the movie or what, whoever decided to put that piano there um, and all, you know, and have the girls go around it and have Franco sat playing the piano and have that kind of scene there, it, it's just absolutely magnificent. Uh, the whole um, sort of the idea of having the Britney Spears song as well, and have it start with him just sort of playing the piano and singing the singing Britney Spears, and then it going up into that crescendo, and then having just them a montage of them basically basically mugging people <laughs> and that, that yeah that montage is fantastic and Just, it like, is and it, absolutely that, gorgeous yeah yeah and that image of franco just jumping up and down like, like on the bed smile on his face shaking like, his head yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 brilliant um yeah th- that was i mean right now i'm not joking um the the screensaver on my phone is the poster of them sat around the piano. Um, and that will be getting bought this week, that poster, and going up on my wall. Um, that, the the Britney Spears scene, honestly, for me, I, I at one point I thought, you know what? That's it, I'm fucking done. I, 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 this movie could finish now, even though it's only an hour in, and I go, fuck it, yep, done. And then, you know, you got you get the ridiculousness of the of the rampage where they're shooting people um, and nobody managed to even hit them yet they managed to hit every single one perfect shot uh, just fits so well yeah. and then them leaving them just going off in the Lamborghini just, it just works for some reason yeah I mean that, that's, that's the, that, that, yeah that, that is it and it, the, the whole kind of boozy woozy atmosphere of it like um Franco just repeating like spring break, spring yeah. break. You know, you know, it, 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 the 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 mood that this thing creates is 
it, it, insane. It's it's incredible. I mean, like the music is almost constantly going in the background throughout the entire film. There mm. is like some sort of music going. I, I and it, it 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 is it is. Like it is like an experience or something, or as much as a film, as as pretentious as that is to say. But I mean, I know you haven't seen it. But it's rather like Stoker in that way, where Stoker it just like the, the the visuals and the audio are just creating this odd original world, and that exactly is what it feels like Spring Breakers is doing. And I mean, the thing is, I've been looking forward to Spring Breakers for the longest time, like. I am in love with the, U- the the Twitter account, the UK Twitter account for Spring Breakers. Oh, it's brilliant! At, it, 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 look at all my shit. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it's wonderful. It's such a good, it's been such a well marketed film, and whoever came up with that idea, the Twitter handle um, in the UK PR team. It, it's a stroke of genius. And, and, and the, that's the thing. I mean, like that kind of playful. Kind of, kind of thing fits in with the film itself so well, mm. and I mean, like it's just like I, I I've been looking forward to Spring Breakers like really, really badly, and it's just it's so good when a film just doesn't let you down. Yeah, no, that is it, it, like you say because Spring Breakers was I was the same. I've been looking forward to it basically since I first sort of heard anything about it, um, and thought you know that it it, it just sounds like it's you know, if it works, it'll be brilliant. But I was very much well aware, sat in the cinema, going, right, this is a Harmony Corinne movie, and I'm watching it in a multiplex. Yeah. This could all go horribly fucking wrong. As much as I thought, I really, I I have faith in this guy, and I think this is going to be, I, I'm really looking forward to this. The back of my mind was already always going, if this is a generic movie where it is, let's just look at um, these ex-Disney stars or current Disney stars in the case of Selena Gomez in bikinis, swearing, you know, uncomfortably swearing and saying stuff like that and taking drugs and just going, oh, look at this, look at this, look at this, then I'm I'm, I'm just going to be fucking really disappointed. And I'm very glad that there is that in there, but it's not, it's not how many Corinne saying, look at what I got this girl to do, and look at no. what I've got this girl to do. It, it just, it's, it's all part of the film. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, yeah, it doesn't feel like it's, it's being shocking for being shocking's sake or anything like that. I mean, I, I mean, there, there is an aspect of that kind of inherent in the fact that it's the, you know, the Disney princess is being, yeah. being cast in it. But the, the film itself, it doesn't feel like it's doing that. It's just, like the first five seconds there are just tits like almost taking up the entire image just bouncing up and down in your face you know Mm. it's just it is that kind of a thing and by the time the thing is because you've had that for quite a bit before the girls actually put in an appearance and start doing that kind of shit themselves you're already kind of inured to it anyway it just Mm. you're you're in this world and you don't like i'm I'm not going to say like vanessa hudgens like sank into the role and disappeared or anything like that but i i I wasn't like oh shit disney princess getting the tits out because there had been a lot of tits yeah you're not by that by that point you're almost desensitized you you are desensitized to tits yeah, Which might so, be what I call this episode. <laughs> uh, and by, by the way, as well, um, obviously people would have heard it, but I am starting this episode with the Britney song. Oh, good. Yes, you've got to. Got to. Um, but yeah, um, it was... 
I mean, I, I, I hope this movie makes money. Um, but I also part of me hopes that that certain people go to watch this walk out. Oh, I, I had walkouts. I had, walkouts. I, had, I, had, I had a couple of walkouts, and I had a guy who I am I am absolutely positive, absolutely one hundred percent positive that that there was a guy there who went there to masturbate, sure, and then didn't because about twenty minutes before the end, he got up and I heard him go, "This fuck, fuck this," and just walk out, and I thought that. That that guy just came here to jerk off. Yeah. Nothing else. Uh, and then was disappointed that he didn't. Um, but yeah, uh, I I I hope it's a success so they don't so that you know that the um, theaters will now see that they can can have these type of movies um, played. Um, but also as well, I, you know, I'm perfectly comfortable with people walking out and going go you know because they're going to see. They're not going to see the spring breakers that me and you and you know the majority of our listeners are going to see. Sure. They're going to see the spring breakers that they think is um, like a I don't know a fucking uh, like a, a good like, like like the poster where like the poster I only saw the the UK theatrical poster for the first time yesterday but the tagline. Party on beaches. Yeah. Like, it, it, what? But it, it's just like it's being painted as a, you know, a romp with James Franco. Yeah. It's a crazy, kooky character. Yeah, and, 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 I, and I hope the people who go to see that, I hope some of them go, this is this is wonderful. Where else can I find more of this? What, what, I didn't know something like this existed. And I hope the other ones go, what's going on? And they walk out. Yeah, well, I mean, I had, uh, like, there was a girl uh, behind me who didn't really, like, she, actually, she was really laughing at the look of all my shit bit, but, um, or shit bit, but, um, aside from that, like, at the end, she just stood up and went, well, that was a bit weird. And was just, oh, <laughs> yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. You know, but, I mean, it, it, again, that kind of sounds a bit pretentious, but it, 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 it just. I, I, I think people have got used to that from us for Yeah, 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 maybe. But I mean, it just, it, 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 it makes me, it makes me laugh that Spring Breakers has taken $12 million at the US box office mm. off of a $5 million budget. That, that, it, that is hilarious. Yeah, it makes me laugh that it's playing, um, on one screen, it's only one screen, but it's playing four times at my local view. A harmony Corinne movie. Whose last playing. film was Trash Humpers. Yep. And, you know, who is is very much an, an, an overground, underground filmmaker. Mm. You know, had he not written kids and got involved in the circles he got involved with, I don't think he'd be making movies. Sure. So, yeah, um, I, I, I think we're about done on Spring Break, is that way? I reckon so. Definitely, definitely not shit. Definitely not shit. Um, I still think I think it's, I think it's my favourite movie this year. Um, it, it it's yeah, it might be mine. Stoker would be yeah. I, I still have seen Stoker, but, but I I I would need to rewatch both, but. In, in a pure entertainment value, Spring Breakers all the way, but in terms of like being a film, I, it, it's probably a bit more dicey. But yeah, yeah 
I, 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 I can see your point there, yeah. But yeah, great, uh, great, great, great flick. So brilliant. Um, so that's Brain Breakers. Uh, there are some promos of uh, shows that we like and we think you should uh, take a listen to. And uh, then we shall move on to One Old One You. Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant, blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and art cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. Just really it's isn't. not visually striking. No. I'm just, just getting confirmation. It's just dealing, that's the third time though. I mean, am I, is this on? You can find us at chinstrokerversuspunter.podomatic.com. So come and share the victory. If you could fuck any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. You, you wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody. <laughs> he looks like somebody who can keep, keep a secret. Alright, I'm here with Bill Byforce and Mr. Chris to tell you a little bit about Outside the Cinema. Alright, Reverend Scott, take us uh, to church. Uh, what can we expect to find from a typical show? Two hours of just random blabber. <laughs> uh, is there anyone's coattails you rode in on to popularity? I'm the guy that fucking burns the coattails and then pisses on them. <laughs> you review all these exploitation, horror, comedy, cult, and often all around terrible movies. You must have a strong driving force that keeps you going. Ego. <laughs> I don't know if I've heard you say that before. Uh, yeah, I've been saying that for a while. Really? I have been saying that for a while. Also, I'm high on smack. Well, it's definitely working for you guys. Yeah. People are coming out in droves to support you on iTunes. We just the other day got a, a, a one-star review on iTunes. Well, that is one That is one star too many. <laughs> Let me tell you. The worst fucking piece of shit I've ever heard. This has been great, guys. Thanks, Scott. Oh, that was good. Oh, he's got you crying over there. Uh, I'm good for the rest of the year. Nice. That was too much. And we are in, uh, into one old, one new. Fucked up that introduction, but never mind. Uh, Mark, where do you want to start off with this week, bud? Um, well, um, my, I'm going to start off with my one old. Um, and it's a segue nicely uh, from Spring Breakers um, to, um, I would say, um, the late 80s Spring Breakers, um, the comedy classic uh, Weekend at Bernie's. Um, which is, you know, it has a beach in it. Spring Breakers has a beach in it. I think it works. Um, directed by Ted uh, Kotcheff, uh, of course, who made uh, one of the greatest movies of all times in First Blood. Uh, and he also made Weekend at Bernie's. Nice. Um, on Andrew McCarthy and John Silverman. Um, they uh, they work for an insurance company um, in New York City. Um, and they are kind of low-level uh, employees uh, who are charged with moving all the files and all the records onto computer. Um, when they're doing this, they notice that there's a, a policy that's been um, claimed for multiple times. Uh, they decide to bring this to the attention of Bernie Lomax, who's their boss, played by Terry Kaiser, um, to sort of make them aware of this massive fraud. Uh, it turns out that the fraud has been committed by Bernie um, as he is uh, funneling money for the mob. Um, he then Bernie then decides that he's going to invite um, Larry and Richard out to his place in the Hamptons um, 
over, uh, I think it is, it's Labor Day weekend, I think it is. Anyway, it's some big American holiday, I think it's Labor Day. Um, over the holidays and have them killed. The only thing is, the mob has Bernie killed. And when the two guys get there, Bernie's dead. And then for a series of events, they end up um, pretending that he's still alive. And you get some of this great physical comedy as uh, Andrew McCarthy and John Silverman manoeuvre Terry Kaiser sort of around the beach and around the house to make it look like he's still alive and that he's moving like that because he's a little bit drunk. Um Weekend at Bernie's is one of those films where I, I, I feel like I'm always defending it to people um, because it's a ridiculous construct and it's a ridiculous looking film. Uh, it's, it, it is a quintessentially 80s sort of looking and feeling movie. Um, made very late in the 80s. Um, but I watch this movie, I would say, at least once a year um, and it still makes me laugh every single time I watch it. Uh, the physicality, the slapstick nature, uh, the complete sort of macabreness of the fact that this guy is dead, and it nobody seems to notice, and the fact that these two guys are, are, are so adept at, at sort of moving it around to make it look like he's alive, uh, it just the preposterousness of it all, just for some reason, still clicks with me, and I must have watched this movie. I must be at double figures now with it. And it still consistently makes me laugh. Um, I even enjoy the sequel. Uh, but it's one of those movies that I think... I think it needs to be... I've sort of it, People need to go back to it and watch it again because it is just a fun movie. It is just ridiculous, but it is fun. And if... You look at this movie with any kind of critical eye, I think it would be very harsh. This movie isn't trying to say anything. It is just trying to be ridiculous and fun. Weekend at Bernie's. I um, I don't know. I haven't seen it in years. I, I enjoyed it the... Uh I think the one time I, I've seen it, I, I, I have nothing to bring to this discussion at all. No, it, it's one of those movies where I didn't... Um, I. I watched it obviously years ago when I was about sort of ten or eleven, um, and you know I, I enjoyed it. But I think I watched it was on TV once, and then about sort of seven eight years ago I saw it in, in Morrison's, and it was in one of the two pound buckets that they used to have the DVDs, and I thought two quid, why not? I'll get it, got it, put it on. Um, I was mentioning it to my wife Becky, saying oh, it's yeah, it's funny, it's it's throwaway, you know, and, you know, we'll enjoy it and it'll get it'll kill an hour and a half and then I was watching it sort of watching going this is marvellous why is it why why is it taking me 10 years to get back to watch this movie it's brilliant and I, 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 I'm very much aware of that I am probably the only person out there who still loves Weekend of Bernie's I don't know you're probably not I I, I, I really hope I'm not it, it needs it needs a bit of a renaissance to this movie uh, I, 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 good, good you know for you. I, 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 I'm going to buy it on Blu-ray as well. Oh, because, because I know that I might spend a tenner on something on Blu-ray and watch it once and then not watch it again for like two, three years. I know if I buy Weekend at Bernie's on Blu-ray, I will watch it at least once a year and probably more because there will be so many times where I will come home drunk and go... <laughs> 
fuck it, I'm watching Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. And granted, I might only watch the first 40 minutes and then fall asleep, but I will enjoy that 40 minutes. So, Ian, what is one of your one old or one new? Good for you, man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, all right, if you just did your... Um... If you just did your old, I'll do my, uh, I'll, do, I'll do my new, I suppose. Um, I haven't actually watched that much, uh, new stuff, uh, this, uh, this week, I suppose. Well, no, I have. I've been catching up with Harmony Corinne. Um, but I, I suppose I'll probably just talk about one of his films, to be honest. Um, so yeah, I, um, I, I caught up. I'd, I'd seen Trash Humpers before and, uh, I wasn't a massive fan, even though I'm kind of keen for a rewatch now, so I'll, I'll leave that aside. Uh, so I watched Gummo and, uh, Julian Donkey Boy. Um, and the one I, I think I'll focus on actually is, uh, Julian Donkey Boy. Uh, so this was, um, Corinne's film from, uh, 99 or 2000. Um, so it was after Gummo, Gummo being his directorial debut. Uh, it was actually, uh, filmed as a part of the, uh, the Dogma 95, uh, movement. Um, a little certificate comes up at the start saying that it's been certified as such. Uh, that movement for those who don't know was, uh, basically a, a kind of a, a collective agreement by a number of filmmakers to make fil- films adhering to a very, very strict set of rules, which is basically your films will look like shit. Um, mm. and that was kind of it. Um, uh, Lars von Trier did so for the idiots, I believe. Uh, Thomas Vinterberg did it for the, uh, the celebration of Festin. Uh, and, and this as well. So, uh, it stars Ewan Bremner as, uh, Julian, uh, who I believe is, uh, schizophrenic. Um, and, uh, his father is Werner Herzog. Uh, his sister is Chloe Sevigny. And, uh, it's basically them living their lives and, um, it, it, it's it's kind of what Corinne like ha, has done in films previously. Um, I mean, uh, Mr. Lonely um, and Spring Breakers are definitely his most narratively driven films, and they're even not as narratively driven as most films, frankly. Uh, but Julian Donkey Boy is basically a snapshot of these people's lives. There there is an there is a, an ending of sorts, a rather upsetting ending. Um, uh, but the the rest of it is. Julian interacting and one of the things that Corinne uh, does as well is he'll get an awful lot of real life people in his films like and will introduce his fictional characters into these real life situations and just kind of watch him go and I mean some of the interactions are incredible there's 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 one that um, he has fairly late on it's uh, Julian and this young uh, Hasidic Jew kid um where the kid, like, Julian is, um, I think he's trying to sell him something, and, um, like, these, like, skates, and the kid is just completely reaming Julian out. It, it's one of those things where it's, like, kids just, the, the kid's a little, he just looks like a little prick anyway, but um, it, it, it's also, like, the fact that kids don't get, like, they don't have the social awareness to kind of understand that, like, somebody might be mentally ill, and that you need to kind of treat them accordingly, like have a bit more patience with them. This kid just reams him out, and it's it's pretty funny in in fairness. And like you and Bremner is so fucking committed. I mean, I kind of thought it was him, uh, but I, I checked it on IMDb about halfway through, and I mean, he's great. You would you would just think he was in the nicest possible way a guy you would just pass on a street corner talking to himself. Yeah, I, I mean, he he is amazing. 
Um, and you've got Werner Herzog basically being Werner Herzog, being this kind of like strict, strict disciplinarian, um, father who has no time for Julian's mental illness either, and, and like just kind of reams him out for being stupid. Um, and, 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 yeah, and it's just watching Julian go through these interactions. He's got a pregnant sister, and there's some stuff going on with that as well. But then, I mean, it, the, the visual style of it as well. It's shot on, like, consumer-grade digital cameras from the late 90s. So it makes 28 Days Later look like Lawrence of Arabia, basically. <laughs> um, but it fits in to the, the general... Again, woozy mood that Corinne can do better than pretty much any filmmaker. I can, like David Lynch, I suppose, does that kind of thing. And there are kind of Lynchian moments in here. Um, yeah, just odd stuff in real settings. There's this one sequence where this albino who's black is just rapping about being a black albino from... <laughs> yeah, from some place, and he, he's just doing this rap, and it, it, it just feels real. It just feels like Corinne is just shooting these guys, and you've got like Julian just like sat in, like sat there as well, just trying to join in, but just obviously not getting it. And I, it, I, I, you've definitely got to be in the mood for a Harmony Corinne film, and maybe like Trash Humpers being my first one of his films was obviously a terrible idea, you know. Um, uh, I mean, I, I mean, in, in terms of if you're going to like Mr. Lonely would probably be the all spring breakers would be the place to start for Harmony Corinne. And then, you know, as I mean, like and then probably Gummo, then Julian Donkey Boy, then Trash Humpers. That would probably be your escalation of the weird, like of the mood, the, the oddness of Corinne. Uh, but I yeah, I really, really like Julian Donkey Boy. I mean, it, 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 it's this real. It, it's a. It, it feels like a piece of like realist filmmaking, but with you and Brenda being amazing and Werner Herzog being Werner Herzog, which is great. Um, so I, 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 I don't. It, it just. This is rambling, but it kind of fits into the film. To be honest, uh, hell of a piece of work. Hell of a piece of work, and uh, I, I loved it. Mark, have you seen it? I saw it a, a long time ago um, and remember very little of it. I remember the I remember the rapping uh, Black Albino, um, and I remember thinking that you and Brenda was very good. And I remember um, being a little bit weirded out by Herzog, um, and um, it, it, it was it was around the time when I was watching a lot of Herzog's films, um, and I, I think I, it kind of it got lost in my mind in between watching all these different Herzog movies. So it's one of those films that I, I remember having watched um, bits of it, but I, I because it's, there's no real kind of like story or anything like that, in my brain I'm thinking, was that from that or was that from Gummo? Sure. I'm, I'm a little bit like that with it. Gummo, I mean, Gummo is an awful lot of the, it, it, It's kind of like more focused on kids. Mm. It is is gummo. I mean, like you got that amazing weird scene where um, uh, the the kids eating spaghetti in his bath while his mum's like applying kind of anti um, like flea medication to his hair, 
and he's just mm. chomping down on this on this spaghetti, and then he and like it's so fucking weird. Um, but I, I like, and, but I, the, the thing is with with Corinne, it does feel like an awful lot of the stuff he's doing is is intended to make you laugh, even if uncomfortably so. Um, yeah, he do, he does seem to have um, a, a, a twisted kind of sense of humour. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. But it, it is an awful lot of it is very, very, very funny. Mm. Uh, so yeah, no, that's that's that. So um, let's have your one new. My yeah, my my one new um, is I've I've had a, I've had a very weak watching stuff uh, this week. Uh, I've had not a lot of time, so my one new is something I watched earlier today. Uh, and it's a film from this year um, that I wanted to catch and was looking forward to, and then I heard everyone's reviews and was looking forward to it a little bit less. Uh, and it's Gangster Squad. Um, okay, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the film directed by um, Ruben Fischer, um, um, written by the guy who wrote quite a lot of Castle, um, a TV show that I tried and to get on board with, but just didn't care. Also the writer of the Justice League screenplay that was just considered mm. so bad by Warners that they just dumped it. Yeah, I mean, based on the screenplay for Gangster Squad, I can I can probably get behind that, to be honest. Mm. Um, starring Josh Brolin, Ryan Gosling, uh, Emma Stone, Sean Penn, Michael Payne, Giovanna Ravisi, uh, Nick Nolte, and Robert Patrick, and uh, Anthony Mackie. So a, a pretty fucking strong cast. Um would be great um, if um, Ruben Fleischer could actually direct drama, uh, which he can't, it would appear, or any kind of um, fight scenes or um, shootouts or anything like that were just so... They shoot at us, we shoot at them, and bullets hit windows and stuff smashes. And it's so i mean it, it this movie's under 2 hours long and i'm not it feels like it's it's a it feels like an epic sure. but not in the terms of it feels like it's an epic like um, scarface or once upon a time in america it just feels really fucking long um it's not all bad um, i didn't hate it but it when you've got the ingredients you've got um, you should come up with something better than this. Yeah. You know, when you've got Ryan Gosling and you've got Nick Nolte and Josh Brolin fully committed into a role because he can phone it in quite a lot, and you've got Giovanni Ribisi and Emma Stone there, and you've got Sean Penn who is so on board with what he's doing and very much you know giving himself to it, and you know he's he's definitely decided right this is something I can fucking get my teeth into um, but it kind of it seems to sit in between I don't know whether Ruben Fleischer can work out whether or not he wanted to make The Untouchables or whether or not he wanted to make Dick Tracy and what you get is touching Dick uh, <laughs> and it, it just it, it doesn't work and I'm sorry but the, the, the Ryan Gosling voice that's a you know the voice I, that changes from scene to scene it does change, which which is good because when he first starts and he's kind of talking like, nah, nah. nah, miss, I'm thinking of taking you to bed. I thought, wait, what? It, it, it just it doesn't fit the whole persona of the rest of it. 
and it, it's annoying because the rest of his character is very good. Um, you know, the best character in the whole fucking thing um, is just Brolin's wife, um, which I'm trying to remember uh, who it is that plays him now. Um, oh, uh, Marielle uh, Enos. Um, she, she's the best thing in it, really, for me. Uh, the wife, because she's such a... She's managed to be a badass without being a badass. Mm. Um, I really enjoyed that. And there are points to enjoy within the film. But the problem is, is it doesn't look anywhere near as good as the people who are making it seem to think it looks. Um, the story is a lot more interesting than the script makes it out to be. And it, there's not enough... Stuff happens and it just gets forgotten about. Like, sure. where does Ryan Gosling go in the shootout in the hotel? Because he just disappears, and then he's just back again later on. And it, it, it's kind of unexplained what kind of happened to him. Um, where does Emma Stone go for a portion of the film, and then just reappear, reappears again? You're like, oh, I, I forgot that. She that basically happened. just kind of drives up, doesn't she? Yeah. yeah. So, so, I've been looking for you everywhere, and I've just happened to have found you at this house. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where anybody that I might have asked where it was would have called Mickey, not you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, 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 there's so much of it doesn't make sense. that it, it, It's nowhere near as bad as some people have led me to believe it is, but it's nowhere near as good as it should have been. Um, and I, 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 the thing is, I really liked um, Zombieland. And I actually, I actually liked Thirty Minutes or Less. I thought it was, it was a good, fun movie. Um, but um, this isn't this. He's he's out of his of his zone here. You know, he's, he's a good director, and there are moments in this where it's quite funny. And if he'd have played it more like that, it, it would have worked. But he tries to go dramatic, and it it, it just it doesn't fit. His style, it doesn't seem to. You know, if you if if you're a comedic director and you decide I'm going to make a more serious sort of crime movie, a gangster crime movie, then make a serious gangster crime movie. Don't try and make a cool, funny but serious gangster movie. And the problem with this movie is, is I think that he's been so obsessed with making a cool movie that he's forgot to actually make a movie and a story. And it, it's, it almost is at points too much like a, a music video. There's, there's bits of slow-mo where you're thinking, why? Yeah. You know, look, Zack Snyder puts, you know, almost films everything in slow-mo. But at least you can almost work out at points that there's a th- thematical point. It's not like he's just been sat and he's accidentally hit slow-mo on the digital grid and like that, and it's going slow-mo. He's going, oh, shit. Ah, fuck it, we'll leave it in. Um, it, it, it just, there's bits where if it's going to be walking, and they'll be walking at normal pace, then they'll slow-mo walk, and they'll walk at normal pace again. Like, what? Why? Mm. So, yeah, Gangster Squad. It, it, it just should have been better. It's Bobbins is, yeah. is Gangster Squad. That's the bit. It's not worst of the year material but it's just so nothing it's so wasted mm. uh, yeah so 
Ian, what's your uh, what's your one or all? Yeah, I, I, I will say I should have um, talked about him. I forgot about it, which probably says something. Um, uh, I also watched The Host this week. Um, uh, the worst film I, I, I've seen this year so far, apart from Dracula 3D. Insanely boring. Insanely boring. It doesn't have the batshit of the Twilight films. It's just boring. Uh, I'll be honest, I saw the posters for it and saw a trailer for it and I thought it was a a Sky One, not Sky One Atlantic, so like fucking it's great. I thought it was a Sky One um, TV series. I didn't know it was an actual fucking movie. Um, It it looks fucking cheap. And it's not, is it really? It wasn't that cheap a movie. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, and I mean, it's it's bombing pretty badly, and fair play, frankly. Um, anyway, my one old, the only old uh, film I have rewatched this week. Um, so, yeah, no, last night, um, uh, I showed my wife uh, a first-time watch for her, The Evil Dead. Um <laughs> So, uh, this obviously remake's coming out in a couple of weeks' time. Um, she's agreed to go and see the remake, so I thought, well, better show her The Evil Dead. Um, I've also got that new Blu-ray of Evil Dead 2 to review, so I actually need to watch Evil Dead 2 at some point, thinking about it. But, um, yes. The, um, just to interject quickly, the um, doc... The uh, new documentary is great. ...on the uh, Evil Dead 2 is magnificent. Yeah, it's it brilliant. is. It is. It's wonderful. It, uh, an awful lot of time about the makeup effects and like yes. the, stu- the studio, um, which which is fantastic. Yeah, it's ridiculously enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, Evil Dead. So, that, that, like, because like Donna with horror films, it, it's not always a sure thing to be honest. Um, had a big row with her early on in our relationship about Reanimator. Um, she did not get on with that at all. Um, but yeah, uh, Evil Dead. So, I mean, the, the thing is, I don't really have that much to even say about the Evil Dead. It's the Evil Dead. Um, I wish everyone would remember how the Evil Dead is actually a horror film and not a comedy. Um, it's, sorry, it's, it's sneeze. Sorry. Um, thank you. It's, it's the sign of somebody who thinks they know their shit, but doesn't when they talk about how funny the Evil Dead is. The Evil Dead is not funny. Fuck all of it is played for laughs. It's pretty balls out, just gory and nasty for an awful lot of it. Um, I, you know, I thought it was interesting. Donna said, um, A, they played the tree rape card too early, and B, it dragged on a bit. Uh, which, which, which is interesting, because, like, I, I thought, I, I, I think, and maybe it's just because, like, of my watches a bit before and the nostalgia I have for the film, I think it kind of, like, once it gets going, it's pretty full bore for an awful, awful lot of the runtime. It, it, it goes at quite a pace. Yeah. Um, so, but, you know, hey. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 I don't really know what to say about The Evil Dead. It, it, it's The Evil Dead. Um, I mean, in, in terms of the remake, obviously, I haven't seen the remake yet, um, but hearing that like that is insanely gory but maybe not all that scary um i i I suppose in a way is actually quite close to the evil dead um it used to creep me out quite a bit um uh the evil dead but it it doesn't really anymore and maybe it's just because i know the tricks it pulls but um but even though maybe it's just the fact you know bruce campbell is alone for quite like the second half of the film it's 
Scotty basically dying on the sofa and Bruce Campbell getting attacked again and again and again and again and then being by himself. And I suppose that being by himself aspect is, is a little bit unnerving. But, um, yeah, I, it, it's, it's just an awful lot of fun. Blu-ray looks good for what it is. Um, sounds all right. They've done a decent job with a 5.1 mix. You know, don't always have to do with these older films, but it's nice to see them give it a go. And it's fine. Uh, looking forward to rewatching Evil Dead 2. It's been a while since I've seen Evil Dead 2. And uh, I suppose that's kind of all I have to say about Evil Dead. It, it, it's the Evil Dead. <laughs> Yeah, it is. I mean, I'm I'm less enthused about about the remake. I'm looking forward to seeing the remake, but I, I I I'm I think I'm guarding myself more than 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 a lot of people seem to be. Oh. Um, I'm I'm not as impressed by the what is it by the trailers as as, as, as other people. Um, I don't like the slowness and the 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 the. the, the, the but that voice is already driving me insane, and I get the feeling that it's going to be like that all the way through it. But I'm, the other half of me is saying I fucking really want it to be really good. And if it is what people have been saying it is, then fucking great. I'm all, you know, I'm well looking forward to it. I'm just a little bit apprehensive. Yeah, that, which is which is a healthy way of going about it, frankly. Um, so yeah, that is our one old, one new, and. Um, Right, let's get into this uh, trailer for Savages, uh, the last part of our Sleazy Stone Marathon. Just because I'm telling you this story doesn't mean I'm alive at the end of it. It's that kind of a story where things just got so out of control. Every successful business has an origin. Ben went to Berkeley and double majored in business and bought me. This is the best cannabis in the world. I think we just struck gold. He takes 99% of the violence out of the business. The other 1%? Well, that's where Tron comes in. You guys, you have a clean business. But now when cartels are moving north, they want a Ben and Tron section in aisle three. I love you guys. The three of us now. And yes, I'm with both of them. It is your methods we want to partner with. We're not going to join you. Nothing personal. I'm afraid our client would take this very personally. They must be taught respect. I found their weakness. Take the deal instead of decapitation. Get your good girl, and I will do anything, anything to get her back. You stabbed a federal agent. Seven of my men dead. I told you they'd come for me. Let me remind you that if I had to, I wouldn't have a problem cutting both their throats. There's something wrong with your love story, baby. You let people think you're weak. Sooner or later, you're gonna have to kill them. Yeah. 
Hang in there, baby. We're coming for you. Okay, so that was the trailer for Savages, uh, last year's uh, Oliver Stone effort. Um, so starring uh, Taylor Kitsch and Aaron Johnson as Chon and Ben, um, two friends who have built up a bit of a drug empire and enjoy an interesting freeway relationship with O played by Blake Lively. And as Blake Lively tells us at the beginning in the in the voiceover, which uh, takes up quite a lot of the film, um, uh, uh, she may not live to uh, see the end of the film. Who knows? Uh, we watched the extended unrated cut. Yep. Two hours, 20 minutes. Yep. Um, yeah. Savages. Go on, Mark. Um, Savages um, is uh, is a little bit like um, Oliver Stone sat and watched Traffic, the Steven Soderbergh movie, and went, that was fucking serious, wasn't it? I'd, what if somebody made like a fucking crazy version of that and then proceeded to find a crazy version of it? Um, it's I. I didn't realise he was called Sean um, Taylor Kitsch's character. I thought it was called Sean. No, he's Sean. <laughs> Sean, right? Um, right. Um, yeah. Uh, Savages. It's Savages. One of those films at where I can see why people didn't like it and why people didn't get on with it. I really fucking enjoyed it. Okay. I really enjoyed it. Um, what I, I, I couldn't realise about Taylor Kitsch. Um, he had a bad year last year, didn't he? You know, with um, John Carter, which I know we both have a lot of time uh-huh. for. Um, I really like John Carter. Um, Battleship, which got panned, uh, but I thought it was shit, but not as bad as some people seem to say it is. And this, which got fucking roasted. Um, did savages um it got savaged to say um puns um but in this when you put him up against somebody who is as charismatic as aaron taylor johnson is uh, you can kind of see why people haven't warmed to him because he's so Everything bad that happens to them in this film, you get the feeling if if Taylor Kitsch wasn't there, it wouldn't have happened. Sure. You know, the, the bit where, essentially what happens is, uh, <laughs> is John and Ben um, are, uh, are weed growers in California. Yeah, I, uh, I kind of trailed off on the plot. I do apologise. Um, yeah, go on. Um, they've grown up together. They've grown up around Laguna Beach together. Ben is a... Um, has majored in botany and um, and business and he's you know it is never said but it is very much insinuated that he's a bit of a genius Um, whereas Sean or Sean as it was in my brain the entire movie Sean Sean yes um, Sean so if I call him Sean I apologise but really it ain't gonna fucking matter because that's the least of people's worries with this movie um, has got to Afghanistan and has seemed to have come back as this broken character, this broken man, as Blake Lively tells us in 
what seems to be this fucking endless um, opening to the movie, uh, where she basically explains everything you're seeing. Um, and, you know, all he's there to do is kick people's ass and stuff like that. And it just seems to me a little bit like if somebody had just shot him, um, then the the rest of the movie wouldn't have happened. But they they basically they they go to a meeting um, with people being represented by um, being represented of um, Selma Hayek, who plays um, the runner of a drug cartel Elena. back in Mexico, um, and um, basically give them this offer. Um, Ben's idea is that instead of taking the offer, that he's gonna that they should just sell up the entire thing and go into something else. Um, John basically wants to say no, fuck him, we don't want anything to do with it, um, and that's what he basically says, and then everything just starts to fall apart. Um, and all of this is going on where in the background. You've got they um, are paying off. Um, John Travolta, where I think this is the best I've seen John Travolta in fucking years, because he's actually playing a overweight loser who's going bald. He's kind of playing what he looks like. Yeah, yeah he's playing what fair. he looks like. Where he he hasn't done, he hasn't accepted the fact that he is this bloated, weird-looking guy now, and he's playing that. But every so often, you get Benicio del Toro walking in in this strange Mexican accent with just a really fucking weird hair you know his hair is is like a character of itself he's just basically a sweaty mustachioed mexican it, it is it, hilarious it is it is hilarious and that that is why I, I at no point can you take this movie seriously but for some reason it worked for me um and i i i, I was thoroughly on board with it um, all the way through, um, I, 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 I say I can see why people wouldn't like Savages completely, and I could see why people would find it boring. But for some reason, I, I was on board and I got it, and I, 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 I was thoroughly enjoying it. And then the the fucking the Wayne's World Scooby Doo ending, uh, where there's an ending where all three of them essentially die but in a way where one of them dies and the other two kill themselves when I was going hang on a minute fuck off I've just sat through two hours of that for this fuck that no way what the fuck and at that point I was genuinely angry Mm. and then he does the and rewinds and I'm like oh fucking hell this is this is going to piss off so many people it's wonderful and that is where it got me. And then the end doesn't make sense anyway. Um, like, like I say, it, 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 it's fucking stupid. It makes no sense. Um, it is brutal beyond the, the means of where it needs to be. The whipping scene where the guy's eye is hanging out is disgusting, and I loved it. Um, like I say, I keep saying it, I can see why other people wouldn't like this movie, but I fucking loved it. Savages is absolute bobbins. <laughs> I um, don't blame you at all. The, the thing is, it 
there, there are constituent elements in it which I'm actually all right with. Like, I think the cast are all right in, in, in all like uh, Johnson and Kitch. They're, they're a fun team. Um, Hayek, like I, I quite, I actually quite enjoyed her character. Like the idea that you know she wants to be close to her daughter, but her daughter's ashamed of her. But she understands why. But she still wants to be close to her. I like that. I quite liked Mustachio Del Toro. <laughs> Just going around being a dick to everyone. That was fine. And I quite liked John Travolta. But this is... Savages come... Like, Savages comes at you at a place where you're supposed to feel bad for Blake Lively's character, who's been taken hostage. Oh, no. And at one point, actually complains about the food and says, can't I have a salad instead of having fucking (laughs) pizza pizza every night? (laughs) I, I, I never at any point felt sorry for her. I never at any one, one no, point felt sorry for her. But you're because, supposed to. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely supposed to. Um, but I, I, I didn't. And the fact that, that in that opening, she basically says, you know, oh, just because I'm I'm, I'm telling this story doesn't mean I'll survive it. And you're thinking, well, that means you will survive it. Yeah. Otherwise, that line's pointless. It, 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 yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it, it, and I don't think it's necessarily Lively's fault, even though I, I, I don't. Oh, the script is brutal. It, yeah, yeah. It, it, that, that's the the script is brutal. I mean, the the orgasms, orgasms thing is, <laughs> it, you know, it is obviously a lot of people have said that uh, have said about that. But yeah. um, oh, Salma yeah. Hayek saying she's got Botox for the heart. Yes, that's bad as well. Yeah, and the that's why they call it hijacking. Yeah, it, it, it this 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 oh there's some this, bad lines in it. <coughs> this film is two hours twenty minutes long. It's got about five plots all going on at the same time. Like yeah. um, Benicio del Toro fucking over Salma Hayek, John Travolta fucking over Benicio del Toro, John Travolta fucking over the two guys. The two guys trying to get O back. O having this weird kind of maternal relationship thing going on with Salma Hayek's character. There's so much stuff in this film and you don't really give a fuck about any of it. And yeah. It's just, it's <laughs> full of stuff. Yeah, it is. It is just, the, the, I, the, one of the things I love about Benicio Del Toro in this film is he's painted as being like, you know, super efficient and has got everything sorted and the first kill he gets he is. He is absolutely, you know, they turn up and, they, you know, they're, they're doing the gardening and they're making a lot of noise so you can't hear the gunshots and everything going on and then they have the trash cans so they can get rid of the bodies and you're thinking, fucking hell, that, that's genius. And then as things start to go around, you start to realise that no, he doesn't have a clue what he's doing and he is all over the place and he doesn't really seem to get it. And then you find out that, that the person who's actually pulling all the strings is John Travolta and it's just it's all these people thinking that they know what's going on and none of them seem to actually know what's going on it's the sweaty DEA agent who does know what's going on yeah that's fine it's a good point I I like the fact that the great thing I mean it is the scene where Benicio Del Toro goes to Travolta's house that that for me is the best Travolta has been in, and I'm going to bring up the fuckers I am uh, the, the fuckers filmography just to have a look and see when the last time he was that good an actor 
You know, he's actually playing a character rather than just being John Travolta. Even though, did you notice the fact that they he fucks up a line reading and they left it in? No, I didn't. Yeah, actually. there's um, and it's not to say anything about John Travolta's performance, but it's just like kind of just indicative of how fucking all over, like all over the place and sloppy this film is. There's a line where um, Benicio del Toro says like, "Oh, Elena is in California," and he's a, he's like, "Lorena, Elena, she's in California," and it's like, did I just hear that? Like, it, 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 it like he got the name wrong and then corrected himself just on camera. And just <laughs> kept going, and it, it, it's just—I, I, 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 yeah, I did notice that, but I didn't notice it as a goof. It's obviously a goof. Like he got the name wrong, you know. Mm. It, it, it just—that—that that savages his shit, Mark. Come on. <laughs> I liked it. I'm not going to deny it isn't shit. No, I'm not, I'm not going to say no. It's not. It's a great film. I'm not going to say that. That doesn't stop me from enjoying it. I, I, I had a good time with Savages. Um, I, I couldn't. I could not wait for it to end. It is so long. It is so long, and that ending. I and I. Uh, you were saying, oh, I bet people you know, laughing about. I bet people got pissed off with that ending. I got pissed off with that ending because it, it, it's That's just it's such it. a fucking. It's such a cop out. It's such a lazy cop out. And then and then just to have like. The ending, like Blake Lively talking about the real definition of savages is going back to a primitive state. No, you're not going back to a primitive state. You're going back to your f- weird freeway gangbang relationship. And it's brought up uh, like earlier in the film about like her kind of realising, oh, this is a little bit fucked up. But then just going back to it anyway, where yeah, you've got when, a when shitload Salma of Hayek money. Owns her. Yeah, yeah. Salma basically... Does a wonderful bit of of pointing out why their relationship will never work by basically saying, you know, you're the third wheel. Yeah, yeah, like that. You know, the the fact that they they obviously love each other more than they love you because they're willing to share. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean that 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 is an interesting idea, but it's just it's buried, and especially when like in the last half hour where they actually realise. Shit, we're running at two hours here. We actually, we actually need to have the plot kick in again. <laughs> yeah, because there's just, it just does lose its way for a while. That's yeah. I mean, it meanders. You know, I mean, like in the you know, it, a, a, a film, it, it, a film should be as long as it needs to be. If a film needs to be three and a half hours, fair enough. You know, that that's fine. Savages didn't need to be two hours, let alone two hours, 20 minutes. It just didn't. You know, if you cut out the... the, the, I mean, even though it kind of gives the film something more interesting, but if you cut out that Simon Hayek, Blake Lively dynamic, because in the end of the day, in the end, it counts for nothing. No matter what the interactions are, they have no bearing on the actual plot whatsoever. They're nice affectations, and if this was a, like a mini series, then maybe fair yeah, enough. It does feel a little bit like a mini series. What, what one thing that I thought was was amazing is it seems now that all kind of um, drug deals and terrorism acts and stuff like that um, are, are done via Skype. Oh, and that for also that ringtone. That everyone seemed to have. <laughs> that... I... <sighs> <laughs> uh, 
everything. I think this is the sort of film where I, I, I when I was watching it, thinking, "Oh God, you know what? I'm fucking enjoying this." And I, was, and I, I felt bad about enjoying it. And it finished. I thought, I, I bet sort of said to me, "What was Savage like?" I, it's, it, it's terrible. It's a fucking terrible movie. It's like. You really enjoyed it, didn't you? I, like, I fucking loved it. Yeah, I, it, it, that's fair enough. I mean, if you, if you just went with all that stuff, it's just there's no way Stone I, intended for it to be enjoyed on that level. Good, good for you for oh, no, getting no, that no, out no, of I, it. But he, he didn't. Um, I don't think he. he I, I laughed a lot, but I wasn't laughing at it. I don't think I was laughing at it. I think I was laughing with it. I don't, I just don't I, think no. Stone meant me to be laughing with it. I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I just. I got on board with ridiculous. I don't think at any point that I laughed, Stone intended me to laugh, with the exception of the two hours. Oh, the two hours were solid. Yeah, the two hours with the uh, and they're all wearing different outfits. It it, it just nothing made sense. <laughs> that's that's the thing. I mean, that's why I say it's bobbins. It's just <laughs> it, it it's all over the place, and uh, it's shit. It's shit. <laughs> I, again, I can't disagree with you, but I, I, I'm going to have to go on the side of... I, I, it, to me, it is... Yeah, it's shit, but I enjoyed it. I can't say it's definitely not shit, because it is shit, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> but you'd still say it's definitely shit? It's shit, yeah. It's a shit film. Don't get me wrong. It's shit, and I would never recommend it to anybody at all. Doesn't mean to say that I'm not allowed to on Blu-ray and watch it oh numerous times. Oh my god! I, I, that is it. But that is the problem. But I occasionally like shit films, and this is a shit film that I thoroughly liked. It was fucking colourful. It was ridiculous. It made no sense at all. It, it, it if you were to sit down the people who made it and say, "What happened there?" What did that mean? Why did that happen? They would have answers for it all, but none of them would make sense. And it, it, but for some reason, for me, it just worked. I, I fucking loved it. Bobbins. <laughs> I can't disagree with you. Uh, right. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you close out. Yeah. So that's savages. Um, yeah, uh, so next week we will uh, take on a kind of a bonus section in the Sleazy Stone Marathon as, as a thank you to uh, Glenn Chapman for uh, for suggesting the, the, the marathon in the first place, did he? Yes, yeah, he yeah, sorry, yeah, of course he did. Uh, so we're going to take on uh, any given Sunday for Glenn because he wanted us to uh, uh, to review that. So that'll be next week, any given Sunday. And cool. uh, let's get on to the last section of this week's show then. Um, so, have we got any questions, Mark? We have got quite a few, actually, yeah. Sweet. Uh, first one is from um, TM, uh, who is Hostile17 on Twitter. Uh, what films in the dismal summer blockbuster season are you most looking forward to? Uh, Pacific Rim, uh, Pacific Rim, Pacific Rim, Pacific Rim. Um, for me, um, Pain and Gain, and Iron Man because it's a new Shane Black film. That's fair. Um, I'll also throw in uh, uh, as well as those Star Trek Into Darkness because um, I'm liking the look of the trailers. But um, 
uh, yeah, Pacific Rim is is a big, big, big one for me. Uh, next one is from um, Luke JT ninety nine on Twitter, oh, nice. uh, who says, uh, after terrible spoilery filled trailer for Carrie, um, what trailer has previously ruined a movie for you? Um, one that popped straight into my head was do you remember Dream Home from last year? I think it was. Oh, yeah. The Nicole Kidman and uh, Daniel Craig. Craig. Was it Nicole Kidman? Was it Nicole Kidman? It might not have been. It's Rachel Weisz and Naomi Watts. Was it? Yeah, it's a shit film anyway. Yes. Uh, But I I was actually quite looking forward to it. So I saw the trailer and was like, all right, so that's what happens. And then watched the film and was like, oh, that is is actually what happens. And it's shit. Uh, I'm trying to think of... there's, There's other ones where you can kind of... It's quite often, I think nowadays, that trailers go a little bit too far. I mean, you know, we have spoken about it before, you get a little bit too much info thrown at you. Yeah, um... I don't know, actually. Trailers that have actually, actually spoiled the film in terms of the plot. Um, I don't know, I can't really think of any, to be honest. Right, well, we'll move on to the next question. Sorry. <laughs> um, from Dan... Who, uh, Mondo Dan Dan Arty, um, he's got, um, who's got the best hair in Hollywood, men and women? Lynch. Um, what? David Lynch. Yes. Oh, good shout. Yes. Lynch. Lynch has incredible hair. Um, also, let's be honest, uh, Zac Efron has amazing hair. <laughs> um, female wise, um, Oh, uh, Julian Anderson's hair is incredible. Julian Julian Anderson's hair is incredible. Yeah. yeah. Literally, literally, I I could have a relationship with just her hair. Um, it is amazing. Um, so that yeah, that's 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 my two of the David Lynch, Zac Efron, and Julian Anderson. Um, I don't know Jennifer Aniston twenty years ago. Um. Uh, Stuart Barr disagrees with us by saying uh, the answer for both is Christopher Walken. Next. Oh, that's actually a pretty solid answer. Yeah, for yeah. Stuart. Uh, we have another question from uh, John Anderson, who's John Zoller uh, on Twitter, who says, which film did you not like on first watch, but on rewatch really liked? Fucking, fucking, oh, bollocks. Uh, I... I despised Sideways the first time I watched it and then loved it the second time. I outright absolutely fucking despised it, hated it, and then absolutely loved it the second time. Um, didn't like Shaun of the Dead the first time I watched it. Thought it was boring. Then love, then love it now. Attack so don't, the Block. Don't really know. I, I haven't watched Attack the Block again yet. Um, I was... It's not that I didn't really like it. I was just very, what the fuck was all the fuss about for that? Uh, but I have watched it several times since, and I actually really, really like Attack the Block. It's just, it's very, very hard to get over that, that, like, like wanting to get on side with these guys after they try and mug her at the start. I think that was a really bad decision by Joe Cornish. If, like, the fact that they actually successfully mug her, if they tried mugging her, but then fucked it up or something like that, like, like, just that they're young kids, which is what they are, then fair enough. The fact they're actually successful and later on 
like one of them tries to justify it saying we were as scared as you were it just no but on future on, on rewatches that aspect called for me and I could I could enjoy the other aspects sure um Glenn T. Chapman, uh, where do you rank Wrath of Khan in the greatest sci-fi films of all time? Very highly. Very, very highly, yeah. Um, if, um, I mean, I, I personally am not a, um, any kind of, um, hold no ground of the Star Wars, Star, Wars, um, Star Trek um, world. I know very little about it. I've seen most of the films, but I've seen very little of the TV series and would never proclaim to know anything about it. But what I would say is if you're not a fan or have no interest in Star Trek, um, the universe of all that, uh, Wrath of Khan is an, still an exceptionally good film to watch. Um, I think having a little bit of knowledge about Star Trek obviously you know, is required, but it, it, I think watching that as a standalone, I think you would still appreciate how good a film it is. Fair play. Yeah, absolutely. I, I adore Rafa Khan, and I can't say I'm a massive Trek fan either. Um, manages to tell a great sci-fi story with uh, an awful lot of epic stuff. I mean, it's got it's got action, it's got comedy. Uh, it's one of the very, very few films that genuinely has made me cry uh, at, at the end of it. I, I find the end of Wrath of Khan absolutely fucking gorgeous in, in, in a heartbreaking way. Uh, like just amazing grace and the shot of the thing going towards Genesis. I'm not. I'm not going to say what. Just even though, uh, I, uh, you know, spoilers. But uh, but yeah, I, I won't say. But yeah, Rafa Khan. I I think it's a lovely film. I'm looking forward to rewatching it again before uh, Into Darkness. Yeah, I, 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 I I'm looking forward to catching up with Rafa Khan again. I keep meaning to watch it again, and then then not for some reason. Um, next one is from uh, very cinematic. Um, What's your cinema drink and snack of choice? Uh, I drink uh, an Ashley Super Dry beer as I nibble on some salted nuts. Um, go in here. What's your cinema beverage and snack of choice? What like what do I usually have? Yep. Um, don't know. Usually a Pepsi Max and um, maybe some popcorn sometimes, but not that much. Considering the amount I go to the cinema, it's a good idea that I don't have popcorn every single time. Uh, I don't eat at the cinema um, because other people's eating drives me mad, so I assume that my eating would drive other people Fair mad. Play. So I don't eat at cinemas, plus all foods that are available in cinemas is fucking evil. Um, and uh, coffee. I'll have, a, I'll, I'll have a latte. Coffee's, coffee's a good one. Coffee is definitely uh, a good one. The reason being is that um, I, I, I very, you know, at festivals, it's a different thing. Um, but I very rarely drink while I'm watching films. Um, I, I never, I'll never watch. Uh, if I'm watching a new film at home, I'll never watch it with a beer. I'll always just watch it completely sober, uh, because I know I have a habit of. If I started, for instance, last night, if I had started watching Savages with a beer, by the time it got to the end of it, I'd have had a lot of beers, and I got would have been doing this podcast, and they've been going. I can't remember what happened at yeah. the end of it, because um, that's the way I drink. If I drink at home, I drink. A lot and quickly. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and also as well, I don't do it at the cinema because it makes me piss like crazy and I would be going to the toilet like five times a fucking film. <laughs> um, TGP73, uh, what's your go-to order at a Chinese restaurant? Balls! 
<laughs> uh, no, yeah, I, I, uh, in terms of if I have Chinese takeaway, it's always, always, always sweet and sour chicken balls. Uh, mine would be one of two. Um, it'd either be sweet and sour chicken, love sweet and sour chicken, or if it mentions the uh, words crispy and pork anywhere on a menu, I'll buy it. Mm. Uh, no matter what it is. Uh, no matter if it says crispy human pork, uh, <laughs> I'll still fucking buy it. And I'll enjoy the shit out of it. Nice. Right, uh, and we have a Facebook question as well. So I'm just getting Let's see, yeah, nice. Um, from um, Liam Crosby, uh, best and worst remakes. Oh, fucking hell. Um, oh. Best, uh, for me, best remake, The Thing. Uh, worst remake, um, Alice in Wonderland. Yes. Done. <laughs> um, best. Yeah, the thing. Yeah, fuck, done. Yeah, yeah. That, that totally is it. It's not me being out of ideas. The thing is the best remake ever. Alice in Wonderland is the worst. Uh, Alice in Wonderland, even though the Samuel Bayer Nightmare on Elm Street is pretty fucking terrible too. Yeah, as is the, um, what else did I watch recently? That's fucking awful. Uh, there's another one. Probably one of the Platinum Dreams. Just Platinum Dreams in general. Let's see if we've got anything on the email. And we... do. What's this? No, I don't want to collect my thousand back. Yeah, no, I checked I check the Dune and the Monkey emails. We're getting, we're getting a lot of spam in that account. We are getting a lot of spam. And a lot of Twitter updates. Um... Yes, uh, no, you know. Oh, come on, people, send us some email. Be nice. Mm-hmm. Right, that's that's it. Twenty questions as well. Cool. And I, I just want to say, if um, if you if you can hear the clicking, I've been doing a lot on the podcast today. I will just explain. Uh, I am feverishly refreshing um, ticket screens for the Evil Dead talker screenings happening across the UK tomorrow night. Um, I am feverishly checking to see if any tickets get released for Cardiff. So I do apologise if you've been here clicking, but for me it was for the greater good. And on that note, um, next week's show, I assume we will be taking on the place beyond the pines. Oh, 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 oh yes. Yeah, so um, it's going to be the place beyond the pines any given Sunday and also the usual stuff. Dude and the Monkey at gmail.com, at Dude and the Monkey, at Ian Loring, at Dude Foz, uh, reviews on iTunes, and Mark, anything? No, like I say, just uh, reviews on iTunes are nice, uh, like with questions, um, firing through to the um, Twitter account at any point. If you're listening to the show and you have a question, you think, oh, that's a question, fire it off, um, and we'll, you know, we'll keep them started until the next show. Um, so, yeah, uh, the possibility, I think we might actually have a guest next week, might we? Uh, yeah, perhaps, actually. Yes, there, there, there uh, is a chance. There is a chance we might have a guest to talk about uh, a guest film and probably on the rest of the cast. Yep. So, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much, folks. And um, look at all my shit. Y'all. Why are you acting suspicious? Why are you acting suspicious, y'all? <laughs>